Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Fellowship Podcast. We hope this message will inspire, challenge, and encourage you to grow closer to Christ. If you're in the Anchorage area, we invite you to be our guest during our morning Sunday worship service at 11 a.m. For directions, or if you would like more information about us, please visit akmaranatha.com. Ninety-four miles from here, air miles from here, and uh, that's where it was our first assignment. We were out there, and, and I remember going out there, and, and and the people looked at us and they said, "My goodness, you people are from the south. You're going to freeze to death. This is this is cold up here." And uh, you know they were almost right a time or two, but but God was with us. But I do remember one time in one of our meetings, and uh, one of the the ladies came up and said, uh, "I'm kind of confused." Our, our missionary family in the state of Alaska, we were from uh, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia. That kind of made up our, our, our missions family with the Assemblies of God out in the villages. And, and I remember one of the ladies said, you know, I don't get this. You people are from the south, and you're up here serving in Alaska. Doesn't God call anybody from Minnesota up here? <laughs> uh, but I, I'm, I'm amazed at, at, the, at the, the sense of humor God has. I'm amazed at his plans and his ways. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, he said, God doesn't always choose the things you and I would, would choose to do his work. And Paul went on to tell that congregation, sometimes God chooses weak things over the mighty. Sometimes he, he chooses uh, insignificant things things that are unimportant maybe to the natural eye, God has a tendency to make a choice of those things to prove that he is still God, <laughs> that he can do anything. And I suppose after 33 years, if God can take a then blonde-headed guy from Louisiana out, out to a very cold place and keep us, God can do anything. Amen. There's no limit to God. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Thank you as a church for supporting missions. Missionaries can't do what God has called them to do without you. It, uh, you know, well, what can I do for missions? Number one, you can pray. The Bible tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And I remember a pastor told me one time, I was at their church God, 35 years ago in Louisiana, Lake Providence, Louisiana. I met them way back then. It, uh, me and Debbie were much younger then. It, uh, you know, I, I would go to, to churches and say, hey, can, can you help us get to the mission field? You know, God, God's called me, called me when I was seven years old, 1959, never left my heart. Years later, God puts together all the things in my life that's necessary to accomplish his purpose. And I would go to these churches and I'd say, can you help us? Well, we, we, we may not be able to support you. That's okay. Would you pray for us? And that's more than just something to sound spiritual. Because I tell you what, if you're praying, God's going to meet the need. He, he, you know, he never fails. And I would tell some of the pastors, you know, why would you want to go there? Well, that's where God's called me. I remember a pastor told me one time, my brother Ganey, I have a problem with uh, supporting you. At that time, we knew this village we were going to, about a little over 700 people at that point in time. It's, it's grown a bit. But uh, he said, you know, I kind of got a problem. Uh, you know, we're supporting a missionary that's going to one little village of 700 people. When I can support a missionary that's going to a city of 700,000 people. What do you think about that? And I said, I kind of agree with you. 
He said, you do? I said, yeah, but the problem is God didn't call me to that place. He called me to here. <laughs> that makes the difference. So how important is your prayers? When you pray for your missionary, God will see that the things they have need of will be accomplished. He's never failed. I love what the psalmist David said. I understand it more nowadays. He said, I was young, now I'm old. <laughs> but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. I could tell you the stories how God's came through in our lives over and over and over because he is faithful, and there were people just like you, churches just like Maranatha, that was faithful to pray. God, I don't know what they're going through today, but would you help them today? It makes the difference. It is the difference. And uh, so I, I thank you as, as, a, as a missionary. You guys support us. You help us to uh, accomplish what God's called us to do. Every year I take volunteer teams into the villages, into the the sites that we have, and sometimes we're building a new facility. Sometimes we're just repairing an, uh, an old one, keeping it together. Over the years, we've taken groups in to do outreach, which is always important. Some of these villages are remote, and they don't get what you and I get. They don't have opportunity. Well, you know, the, the, the kids are excited when someone comes in there. So we turn that around and do our best to reach them. We've done vacation Bible schools and just a variety of outreaches. And, uh, you know, whatever you do, God has a tendency to anoint it and use it if you give it to him. You know, as long as I possess it, it's mine. But when I turn it loose to God, you remember, you know, that, that David, little grandchildren, they, they love the stories. It, uh, David and Goliath. You know, in, in, in David's hand, it was just a rock and a slingshot. But when he turned it loose and God took care of it, makes the difference. And you know what? What you have and what you do when you give it to God, he's able to do far more than you and I can accomplish. So thank you once again for your prayer. Continue to pray for us. Pray for that team that's over there. They need your help. Uh, I, I bet, uh, well, I would almost wager that uh, they would like to have some of this cold weather, but they'll get plenty of it when they get back. Amen. So thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'd like to speak to you this morning about giving God your best. I have teams that come up, uh, like I said, every year. And, uh, you know, I learned long ago what, what you do for God should be your, your very best. You know, what, what, what seems to be insignificant to us, God can take it and accomplish great things. He took a little boy sack lunch with, uh, you know, he had a tuna fish sandwich, had, to, had a few fish and some bread, and he prayed for it, and it met the need of, of 5,000 people at one point in time. He would do that over and over again. Well, I had a, had a team. I was in a, one of the sites, and uh, we were working on it, and... One of the guys, I guess, you know, was a little bit anxious, and, and he made the statement, oh, that's good enough for these people. That lit my fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, uh, you know, who are you doing it for? You know, Jesus said if you take a cup of cold water and give it to somebody, you just like you've given it to me. And regardless of how remote a place is and how insignificant it may be in the light of man's eyes, it's important to God. God loves every one of those people. All these villages. God loves every person that's ever been so much so that he gave us his best. And Colossians chapter 3, verse, verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. Holy Spirit, I ask you once again that you would anoint your word to our hearts and lives. May we hear it, may we believe it, and may you help us to accomplish it and obey it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about giving God your best. You know, God, not only does God desire our best, he deserves our best. It, uh, you know, we, as missionaries back years ago, we used to get these missionary boxes. I don't know that people still send them out or not. Cost so much to get products to a place, but we got one one time and uh, and opened it up and and it was a uh, had a variety of items in there and and uh, some of those items were uh, they had tried them out before they sent it to us. <laughs> it was their leftovers, <laughs> you know. I I still remember that. And I'm are you sure? If that was their best, I'm so thankful for that. But but sometimes uh, you know we. We, when it comes to God, we think, well, you know, that's, maybe that's good enough. Well, there's three things this morning I'd like to share with you about giving God your best. Number one is giving God your best time. You know, it, it's a, we, uh, we love our little, we love our little grandchildren. They love us. It, uh, and, and, and the greatest thing you can do for those around you is invest your time with them. Give them a little bit of time. As a pastor, and I pastored in Louisiana. Actually, this August 11th, August 11th this year will be 50 years that uh, that we stepped out. I stepped out. I had a pastor friend that loved me enough to to uh, tell me, you know, it's uh, when, when are you going to step out and, and do what God's called you to do? And I said, well, I can't. It's going to cost me too much. I had a great job, you know, had all those toys that I wanted to have. And I remember he told me, Otis, you will never give anything up for the kingdom of God, but that God won't notice and make it up to you if it's important. And uh, that's so, so true. It, it, it truly is. But, you know, time is the best investment we can do with people. Someone said, uh, you know, I, I had the idea as a missionary, I'd go out to this village, this remote place, and, and I would get behind the pulpit and I would preach a sermon and they would all say, oh, I want to get saved. <laughs> Didn't have him. First guy I met wanted to throw rocks at me. Pulled his hat off and stomped it and said, you don't, you get out of here. We don't want you here. Well, that's a great welcome. It, uh, and, you know, we, we, we lived in a 20 by 27 house. It, uh, Debbie and I, that woman back there and I, we slept on a mattress on the floor for almost two years before we were able to build a facility. Missionaries have got it so good. You know, I love being a missionary. And I ask God from time to time, Lord, you know, Maui needs somebody over there. <laughs> Here am I, send me. It, uh, the adults kind of rejected us. You know, they're, they're, the, the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not want someone to know about the love of Jesus. He wants everybody to spend eternity in hell with him. But I love what John tells us. God said, I've come to give them life. And the only way they're going to have life is to know me. And the only way they're going to know me, the Apostle Paul said, is somebody go and tell them about it. So the adults wouldn't come. They kind of rejected us. So we saw all these little kids. Gabe, I think, was six. I believe it was six, nine, and 12 was our, our children when we went out to this village. And, and it, was a, it was a challenge to them. We put them in the school. I'd take them to school, pick them up. So we noticed all these little kids. You know, they, there's some new kids in town. They want to hang around. So 
we decided to, instead of, we still had adult service when we would, but in that little house, we would have what's called children's church. We would have five sessions a Sunday, one group after another group after another group. And you know what? It began to catch on. This was back in the days of, uh, you remember the VCRs? And I, some of you do. How many remember pay phones? Some of you, okay, good. I'm a good company then. It, uh, had VCR, we had all these little VCR tapes. The kids would come to our little children's church, and, and we had, had some little stools and little, little tables and all that sit down and color, tell them about Jesus, give them a little snack. And we had these VCRs and, with Bible stories. And uh, they would say, you know, you can take this home. Every house has a TV in it. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, those of you that have children, been around children, you know, it, uh, uh, you know, Daddy has the remote when he can. But when they're watching their shows, it's out there. It, it, uh, we began to wonder. We'd tell them, you take this home, watch it, bring it back, and we'll give you another one. And so, boy, these things. I wondered for a bit if that ever got around and did any good. And I'm in the post office one day, and I hear this elderly Eskimo man, and he's over there getting his mail out of the mailbox, and I hear him singing this little song, one of those little puppet shows on that thing about Simon Peter. And the little puppet was singing, Don't be a chick, chick, chicken like Peter was. <laughs> and I thought, yes, it's good. It's getting there, you know. It's getting there to, to, to those people. You know, time is important. Someone said, well, man, you know, you, you, have, a, you have a lot of people coming to the, your church. No. So I take church to them. I've reached probably more men over a cup of coffee at the little shop in the village than I have anywhere else. Time is important. But you know what? God deserves and wants our time also. I remember a pastor friend told me about spending time with God. He said, here's, here's my three principles of spending time with God. I pray, I pause, and I ponder. And I thought, that sounds pretty good. That might preach. Take time to ask God. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And if we're not praying, we're saying, God, i got all these problems and I have all these needs and you're not meeting me. Have you asked him? If you were to walk up to McDonald's and just stand there and look, that person would say, what do you need? And you say, nah. You're probably going to go hungry for a while. But then you tell them, I'd like that big back meal, number one. Give me $14, and you, <laughs> you're out of there. It, uh, he said, uh, you know, my principle of spending time with God is to pray. And after I pray, to pause, to wait just a minute. We used to sing a song years ago, uh, pray and wait for the answer. Some of you may remember that. It, uh, it would t- take a moment to pause and then let God speak to you. Sometimes we want to do all the talking and none of the listening. God wants to talk to us. And if we'll pause for a minute, he'll speak to us. Do you remember the story about that still, small voice? You know, there's times in my life when I ignore that still, small voice that I pay the biggest price <laughs> when I should have listened. He said, and then I, I take time to ponder, to think about the things that God has done. If you, God wants our first. And Moses, when he's, when he's putting Israel together, they came out of Egypt, and, and God is telling him the pattern of the tabernacle and all the things that, he, that he, he needs to do. And God is telling him, when you bring sacrifices, it must be the best. The firstborn. 
no blemish, nothing wrong with it. God deserves our, 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 our very best. And so if he deserves our best, we should give him the best of our time. And Debbie and I have had a habit for many, many years. And uh, what, what works for you needs to work for you, just so you are giving God time. It, uh, you know, get up, make my coffee, nobody bothers me. We don't have little kids in the house anymore. It's a neat when they do come in. But, you know, I, I got time to say, God, I need your help today. And I want to fill my life with your word. You see, if you'll give God the time that he deserves, you would be surprised the things that he can do for you. I, I remember back uh, reading in the Old Testament about Daniel. You know the story. Daniel, three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It, uh, and they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. But the Bible said they were exceptional. That's the reason they were chosen. Daniel was chosen, and, and they go there, and being out of their normal way of life, they maintain their normal way of life. Daniel said, the uh, Bible says he purposed in his heart. He made the decision, God, I'm not going to violate my time with you. And he was so, the, the, the person keeping him was so impressed with him that they gave them liberty. Here's, you know, we don't want to eat the king's fancies. This is what we want. This is what we're accustomed to. And, and if you allow us to do that, and you know what the Bible says, when they looked at him, they were better off than all the others. And, uh, and so it, it comes on, and they began to be exalted in that kingdom. And, and Daniel had, you know, had, had, a, had a great place, particularly when he revealed some, uh, some dreams. And it made the enemies of him angry. And so they said, you know, we've got to do away with him. We've got to do something. And the only fault they could find with Daniel is the fact he wouldn't pray to that statue. He prayed to the Lord God. I like what it says. He opened the windows, and he prays towards Jerusalem. He didn't give up his time for God. It got him in trouble with the authorities that were there. The Bible says he spent a night in the, in the lion's den. But, uh, you know, God shut the lion's mouth, couldn't bite him. Old king comes and says, oh, Daniel, how you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. Matter of fact, me and old, old fuzzy face here, we've, we've had, a, had, a, had a good time talking to Jesus this morning, talking to God this morning. Hebrew children, they, they survived the fiery furnace. Because they all had given God their best. They all said, you know, my time belongs to you. You know what? You, people say, I don't have time. God gave you the same 24 hours he gave her and her and you. It depends on what we want to do with it. Charles Stanley, gone on to be with Jesus, but he, he used to say, you know, I don't, you know, so many times our time with God is when we, our head hits a pillow and we, and what we teach our kids, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. If that's the only prayer and the only time you do, keep praying it. But there's a little better way, okay? <laughs> that, that's your leftovers. That's what's left of the day. Get up if it takes. If, if you have to get up five minutes more. How many of you drink coffee? Coffee's good, you know. It, it, there's, there's none like that first cup and that first sip out of that cup. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's good. I liked my coffee a while back. To, 
few years ago, I was having some problems. The doctor said, how much coffee do you drink? I said, I have a cup in the morning and one in the evening. He said, that's good. And I said, did 10 in between. <laughs> he said, that's not too good. It, uh, you know, get up in the morning, get you a cup of coffee, open your Bible and say, God, thank you for allowing me to wake up today and speak to me from your word. And if you'll read it, he'll bring it to you. He will. He'll bring it back to you there. God deserves, he desires our time putting him first in all that we do. The time is the greatest asset you have. You don't get a refill on it. When you use it all, it's gone. He told me a while back, said, man, you, you know, don't, don't you know you're just wearing yourself out? I said, yeah. But God's kept his promises to me. He's promised us 60 years and 70 years and, and 80 by, by strength. God's fulfilled his promises to me. I'm believing him for the rest of them, though, okay? I'm not, I'm not ready to quit. He said, uh, man, you're getting too old to do this stuff. No, nonsense. It, uh, I can still climb a ladder. It, uh, I did jump off one a few years ago, broke my leg, 25 different fractures, and, and uh, got a new knee and all this stuff, but that's okay. Someone said, well, you still on ladders? I said, yeah. I jumped off, I jumped off of a 20-foot ladder the other day. I was just on the first rung, though, okay? No. <laughs> Giving God your time. If you'll put him first, if you'll give him time, your day will be so far better than you can ever anticipate. The enemy can't stand when we begin to refer to him of what God has told us and we believe him. Giving God my best. Second of all, your talents. You know, there's, there's some things that you, you can do that no one else can do. Talents means, you know, I'm going to call it abilities. You know, when, when Moses was he, he was, he was getting ready to do the tabernacle and all the things God instructed him, he went and hired out a guy named uh, Diesel, I believe was his name, because he was a craftsman. He could do things. You know, there, there's people that do things a whole lot better than I do. And you know what? That's why I like to go recruit people. <laughs> Say, you know, can you come help me? You know, you, you do things. You, there, there's There's... Abilities that you have that no one has quite like you. There was a church some few years ago, and they had a, a cookie ministry. They would bake cookies, and when a visitor would come and fill out a card, pastor would give them 12, a dozen home-baked cookies. What a great ministry. I filled out 14 cards. No, no, I didn't do that. It, uh, I didn't fill one out, and I didn't get any cookies either, so I guess you got to do you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, you know, it's, it's, it's little things like that that make a difference. You know, God will use whatever you allow him to use in your life. And we were out in the, hey, hey, sweetheart. It's Paul, I know. It, uh, we, were, we were out in the village of, of Unicleet. Like I said, we had no building. So we just, you know, the district wanted us to build one. So we built one, got it. Got it done in in two in uh, ninety two, and after I got that done, they, they said, "Man, you know, you kind of made this look simple." I said, "Well, I had help, you know. I worked all the time, but I had help too. And people love us enough and believe in us enough. They'd come all the way from Louisiana and Texas and elsewhere to give us a hand to help us build this building." He said, "Well, you did such a good job. You didn't break the bank. You built it within the budget. I wonder if you can help us on a few more." And I said, sure. Boy, <laughs> did I know what I was doing? No. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it, uh, all of a sudden every year I got a building to build. 
This went on. We did one. In the Assemblies of God, you do a four-year term on the field, and then you have a furlough. I don't even know what a furlough is. The Assemblies of God don't. No. It, it, uh, you take a year off, and you go back home. Well, we, we did four years, and our daughter was going to graduate the next year, so we extended a year in that village, and, and uh, she graduated. And then I, I came out, took my family out for, uh, to, to Texas to Debbie's parents, I came back up and built a building in Togiak that summer. <laughs> and uh, so we, we had that one furlough. After that, we haven't had a furlough. We went from one assignment to the next assignment to the next assignment. But God has been ever faithful. We tallied it up a while back. You know, office said, we're all, man, you've been all over the place. Well, yeah, I guess. Kind of like that old, uh, was that Johnny Cash? I've been everywhere, man. No. <laughs> I think 78 different locations. We've had the, the privilege of, Ministering to people, serving people. And when you serve others, you're actually serving God. And I, I, I remember one of the Samoan congregations I had there, and, and uh, I'm doing something, and, and they, they wasn't, uh, it wasn't going good. And uh, so going through their translator, and someone said, this ain't going to work. Take it off. And, uh, and our superintendent came by there, and he said, man, Brother Otis kind of got upset. And I uh, said, Yeah. Yeah, he told him, said, this is God's house. It's worth doing your very best on it. And so, you know what? I never had to fight that battle. They fought it for me. <laughs> Brother Otis said, said this. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Our abilities. Hey, you know, people say, I have no talents. Yes, you do. You know, you can sing. You can. I, I, we had a, had, a, had a missionary. He's gone to be with Jesus now, but... He came to me. I was there building that building, and he came to me, and he said, Brother Otis, you got a minute? I said, sure. He sat down, and he started crying. He said, uh, you know, I, I can't do all the things that you do. I said, you really don't need to. God only made one of me, and he only made one of you, and you're unique. Well, I, I don't help you. I said, yes, you do. Every time I ask you to do something, you don't argue. You just go and fetch it for me. You know, if you didn't go pick that up for me, I'd have to stop what I'm doing to go get that. It, uh, you know, everybody has, has talents. Everybody has unique abilities. And if you'll give them to God, do your best at what you're doing. If the only thing you can do is sweep the floor, do the best you can do. It, uh, you know, I, I was at a, at a church where pastor was a janitor. He cleaned the toilets. As a matter of fact, I was pastor in that church. Okay, <laughs> it, do what you can do. Do the, do the best that you can do, and you will honor God that way. If you can sing, sing. If you can lend a hand, lend a hand. Do whatever you can do for the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us that, you know, uh, whatever your hand, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. Do it to the best of your ability. You and, and he, that matter of fact, Solomon, he, he goes on to say, you never know by what you're doing that God will, what, what God will use doing that. He will, he will make a difference. We've been to some places that they weren't always kind to us. But I go back there now and they say, oh, thank you for coming back here. Welcome home. And I thought, man, you didn't welcome me home when I was here. <laughs> you didn't treat me too good. But that's okay. We do it as unto the Lord. And if you give God the best of your ability in all the things that you do, God will anoint that and will accomplish great things for it. 
it um, occasionally I get called to, you know, my mom's passed away or this, you know, will you come do our, our, our funeral service? Well, absolutely, you know, serve you any way that I can. You see, you've got unique talents and abilities. If you'll give them to God, God will use them. You know, Joseph was a dreamer. He had dreams, told his brothers. They got upset. They sold him into slavery, wound up in Egypt, Potiphar's house, got lied about, got accused, went back into jail. In, in, in jail, he, he's there not being, you know, I'm innocent, don't deserve this. The baker and the butler, they wound up in jail. They got up, you know, messed up. And, uh, and they, 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 they tell Joseph their dreams. And Joseph interprets the dreams, and, you know, one's, one's set free, and the other one's set free, and one goes back to serving the cup, and the other one gets hanged on a tree. And, and, uh, and Joseph told him, said, man, before you leave, don't forget me. You know, I've shown kindness to you. Please tell him the, the, the king, please tell Pharaoh that I don't belong in here. I'm in here under false pretense. And you know what? They forgot about him. Anyone ever forgotten you? Sure. I had a missionary friend many years ago, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call. And he said, well, you tell me that, but you won't. That fired me up. <laughs> I'm going to call him. I'm going to pester it. No, I'm not going to pester him. It, uh, you know, jo- Joseph used his abilities, and God took the, j- just his interpretation of the dreams, and God began to promote him and promote him and promote him till he was second in charge. Pharaoh didn't even eat out of his pantry, but that Joseph wasn't in charge of it there. You see, you've got talents that God wants to use if you'll allow him to do that. Give him your best. Don't, don't, don't give him the leftovers. Malachi chapter 1, you know, it's a, Malachi, it's the last Bible, last book of the Old Testament. And Malachi is a prophet... Someone said, he's a minor prophet. He's a minor prophet with a major message, okay? And when you read the book of Malachi, I encourage you to do that just for four or five short chapters. And, and you know, Malachi, he asks a question, and then he answers it with a question. He said, you know, what, what do you mean? Well, you, you answer it with a question. And, uh, you know, they said, uh, you know, God don't love us. And he said, you know, what do you mean God doesn't love you? Father, father, you know, if I'm your father, then where's my respect, he tells them. And he went on to tell them basically this, this secondhand stuff. He said, when you offer sacrifices to me, you offer the lame. You offer the, 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 the you don't give me your best. You give me the, the wounded or the crippled. God's not pleased with that. Matter of fact, he said, if you know, if you were to offer your second best to the governor, do you think he would be happy with that? No, he would reject it. How much more so, God? You know, he deserves our very, very best. And you've got abilities and talents that God would use if you would allow him to do that. Thirdly, your treasure. You know, what is a treasure? Well, you know. A treasure is, is something you value the most. What do you, you, you treasure the most? Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can't get away from it. Do you remember also when Moses goes before Pharaoh and he said, let my people, God said, let my people go. If you don't let them go, he's going to send these flies. 
And uh, if you don't let them go, he's going to send this, this frogs in. I shell would have loved those frogs. It doesn't know. It, uh, and uh, finally, after, after some sleepless nights, and Pharaoh said, okay, go worship. But who's going to go? And, and Moses said, well, everybody, all of us is going to go. We're going to go. Our, our wives are going to go. Our children, our grandchildren, our flocks, they're going to go out and worship God because we can't worship him here. And Pharaoh said, well, you know, I'll let you go with just you men. Moses said, not good enough. God deserves our all. Pharaoh said, get away. He said, all right. You, you ready for some lice? <laughs> it, uh, so after a few more of these plagues, he goes back to before Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. You can go and your wives can go, but you're going to leave your cattle and your children here. Moses said, not so. Now, had they left their cattle there, where would their mind have been? I wonder who's taking care of my sheep. <laughs> you know, Where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. Finally came to the time when Pharaoh said, get them all out of here. Because with God, it's all or, or nothing. He deserves our, our all. What you have really belongs to God. You know, everything that I have belong, belongs to him. He's just entrusted me with it for a short time. We say these are our children. How many of you have children? These are my children. What happened? They grew up and left, didn't they? I was preaching in Louisiana some few years ago, and uh, our kids had, you know, had, had grown. And I was talking. I said, well, you know, our kids, we say they're our kids. They belong to us. And I said, they up, grow up, and they move out. So we really don't own them. And a lady in the back or someone in the back said, I wish mine would. <laughs> it, uh, they really don't belong to us. They're only loan to us for a little while. Mark chapter 14, there's a, there's a situation there where this lady comes in where Jesus is at. She has this flask of oil, and she breaks it open. She anoints Jesus with it. And when she did that, those around began to complain. What a waste. You could have taken that oil. You could have sold it. You could have fed the poor. Well, what, what is wasting it? Can I tell you something this morning? What you give to God is not a waste. <laughs> it's not a waste. It's an investment in him. They were upset. And I love how Jesus came to her rescue. He said, leave her alone. What she's done, she's done for a purpose. And, and here, here are these few words right there. She has done what she could. When I read that, I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart every time and says, Otis, have you done all you could? That's what I want to hear one day when I stand before him. Every person that's ever lived is going to hear one of two things, depart from me or well done. You know, I, I like things simple. You know, I, I went to school in Louisiana. I graduated. It only took me three times. But uh, no, I like things simple. Simple. That's simple to me. God, if I give you my best, I didn't waste it. I invested it in you. I have a little video right here I'd like to show you just a second about giving God your best. That's what God expects from all of us. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Who's next? You know, David, second, in the second Samuel chapter 23, David's in the, a cave. And 
just men there. He had 33, they call them mighty men. But he, he's there in the cave. And, and, and David says, uh, the, the scripture says, and David said with longing, oh, that someone would bring me water from the well at Bethlehem. And the Bible tells us that three of these guys, they broke through the Philistinian encampments. That well was somewhere between 5 and 13 miles from where they were at. And these three guys heard their king say, I wish someone would get me a cup of water from the well of Bethlehem. And they looked at each other. I don't know if it was verbal communication or not, but it was agreement. And they said, that's us. And they went and they got water from the well of Bethlehem. And they brought it back and they gave it to David. And he looked at it. Oh, he wanted it. He was thirsty for it. And he looked at it and he said, I I can't drink this. And the Bible says he poured it out as a drink offering to God because the sacrifice of others. He gave God his best. I would ask you this morning, who's next? (laughs) The Holy Spirit will be your coach just as he was. You can do it. You can make it. Five more, a little more, a little more. You can do it if you give God your best. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I thank you today that you loved us enough that you gave us heaven's best. John 3 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, And God, I don't believe you expect any less from us today that know you as our Lord and Savior. God, I I believe that every person that's received from you wants to give you their best. God, I know in myself there's been times that I've, I've, I've given you my second best. I've let you have my leftovers. God, forgive us today of our lackadaisical behavior and help us put you first in all that we do. I wonder today if you would, you would agree with me. You, you can look up. Otis, I want to give God my best. I want to give God my best. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Doesn't matter what happened this morning. You might have messed up. There's not one of us that doesn't mess up. That's why grace is so amazing <laughs> that when we fail, we can call upon him. And he'll do his best for us. God loves us and cares for us. He gave heaven's best for us. How can we give him any less? Amen. As we consider how we can give of our time and our talent and our treasure, why don't we take time to pray? We said pause and ponder, right? So these altars are open. And as we sing this song, may it be our prayer, that our lives are dedicated to him, right? Our lives belong to him. And maybe you need to just start with taking extra time, coming to these altars and saying, Lord, maybe you already know that he's called you to do certain things and you've kept him at bay and go, Lord, I just need, I need your strength and encouragement to say yes. Maybe you don't know what the specific things are that he wants you to do yet. And you can come up and pray and say, Lord, just show me. Thank you.
tell me and you can take a time to pause. But these altars are open as we seek him. I invite you to stand with us here and we're going to continue in our worship and singing. And like I said, you can use your seat there right where you're at or come up to these altars and just spend some time with the Lord as we have this opportunity. Give myself away so you can. 
Lord, that you give us this life. This time that can be used just to glorify you in everything that we say and do. May it glorify you. And everything that we say and do be done to the best of our ability to do that. Just to glorify you. To not phone it in. To not give you leftovers. But to give you our very best. No matter what that is. And I just know that there might be someone here thinking my best just isn't, isn't good enough. I couldn't make it all the way to the end zone. But you know what his word also says? That when we are weak, he is strong. And that's where he gets the extra glory. When we do mighty exploits for the Lord, when it's not even in our own natural gifts and abilities, but we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, to work through us for our sake and those around us so that the world may know who he is. So I pray a blessing over this congregation today. All those that have heard this message, God, may it be in our heart and our mind this week, Lord. And push us to new heights with you as we spend time with you, as we consider the abilities that you've given us to be used for your glory. And may our treasure be stored up in you, Lord. I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. And we hope to see you on Wednesday. Amen. for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, we would love to hear about it. You're welcome to message us at akmaranatha.com forward slash contact or message us on Facebook at Maranatha Full Gospel Fellowship. We pray you are blessed by the message and have a wonderful week.